Hey guys, this is John Domine, and welcome to this week's episode of In the Spray Room, Sold Magazine's podcast with some of the art community's best and brightest. Today's In the Spray Room panel is composed of myself, John Domine, Bike Girl, hello, and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Hello. Before we get started with our special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. No, you tell me what's going on, John. What do you mean? Bike Girl. Where did he just get back from? Uh, the land down under. How many hours ago did he land from the land down under? I was like, there. I, I was there. Like last night. I'm good. Got back. Yeah. Now you're ready to rock. So uh, I just I he- hit a wall, actually. You I lost he- a day? No, I, I wait. Did I, did did I lose, lose a day? A day oh, yeah, I did lose a day because yeah. it's now Monday there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I heard you wrote a story while you were there. So on the road, actually written on the road. Yes, I did while what? I was in another city. But yes, I wrote one on uh, Melbourne. So, uh, and which is a great community for street art. That's. They just have so much there, and I was fortunate enough to meet up with, uh, with Lou from uh, Street Art Australia, and she actually is an author of a book called Burn City, uh, which is all about street art in Melbourne, and she took me around and um, showed me all the laneways or alleys that they have there. Did and you swing her around? I didn't. Oh, I have been known right, to do that, time. but no, next time. Next time. You know, you can't, you can't show off the first time. You've got to kind of give it a minute or two, right? So what were the other cities you visited? Uh, I was in Brisbane, actually, most of the time, and then Sydney for another few days. So, so two more on-the-road pieces coming? Yeah, Whoa. Sydney first and then Brisbane. Yeesh. Now, so. talking about going on the road, sold listeners, we have some road trips uh, that you should consider taking for street art on the Northeast. Actually, uh, coming up soon is Powwow Worcester, uh, August 31st to September 9th. Um, I heard that show got pretty big by... Oh, yeah. Lots of great artists this year. Now, you were there last year, right? We were not. Yeah, it's it's an easy day trip from the city. I encourage everybody to rent a car and go on up or figure out how the buses go. But it's worth going up there. There's some great walls up there. Um, Last year, I went up for the artist versus local soccer game, and that was a lot of fun. Who won? Uh, The artists. Mm-hmm. Also is the Beyond Walls in Lynn, Massachusetts coming up. I don't have the dates handy. Uh, that's going to be an interesting show. Good they're luck painting to those guys. Now. Is that on right yeah, now? Yeah, they're painting right now. Some of the walls are being worked on right now. And a little further uh, out west, we have Colorado Crush going on from September 3rd to September 9th. Uh, I heard that show changed a little bit, but it's still going to be big. Yeah, Shepherd Fairy's painting two walls. Wow. Uh, back here in Brooklyn on September 8th, Eighth, yours truly, Big Ronnie, is going to be hosting and judging the Coney Island Beard and Mustache Competition. 11th annual Coney Island Beard and Mustache Competition. Now, if you're judging, you can't be in it, right? So. Right. I, uh, this, this beauty before you has been uh, retired and put to stud. <laughs> so uh, Is that yeah. what you call it? Put to stud? That's the way I, that's really? what I'm calling it right now. Oh. <laughs> Out to pasture? No, a little bit. No, he says put to stud. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. So it's to inspire others at this point. And, uh, you know, so last year was a lot of fun. I got interviewed on PIX11 and I was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. So uh, I'm not allowed to release the names of the media outlets that I'm going to be talking to this year yet. But it's going to be interesting and uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, uh, Some more recent news. Our editor, Erica Stella, was interviewed on Mike Schulte's Made in New York podcast about her fabulous life in New York since she came here when she was 17 and she just had her 40th birthday. So it was a nice little interesting twofer for our editor this week and congratulations to her. You will hear that. I think that's supposed to come out on Sunday. Uh, I was invited in to our buddy Abe Lincoln Jr.'s new podcast, Street Res. Uh, had a chat with John Neville from Centrifuge. That was uh, that was fun. John, uh, I really like his opinions. He's very real about making sure everything is right, but he needs the money to pay for the next job. And uh, hearing his opinions about you know how he goes about it and how he manages people, it was it was a nice chat with Abe. Speaking about Abe, what do you think about his new uh, his new pieces up in his the new takeovers? Yeah, his new takeovers. His oh, new takeovers. they're brilliant. Have you seen them? The the Jesus one. The Jesus yes. Commandments. Yeah, or, I like yeah. it. Yes. I yeah. like it. I like what he's doing. Um, right time, right place. I do. I, I think, if I can say, it looks a little too clean. 
it, it was cleaner. I didn't. I didn't know it was cleaner him. than his, his usual stuff. Yeah. And, and that's not an insult, of course, buddy. But uh, I looked at it. I was like, "Is that an ad?" Uh, or did someone rip him off and put it in it? It looked it looked a little too clean. So good. I for think him. that attracts the attention of the masses, though. I'm yeah, and I have mass, but I'm not the masses, so uh, <laughs> I guess that's why. But Abe Lincoln Jr.'s podcast is uh, we we recorded it in Anchor Studios, Anchor FM slash Street Res. Uh, I think he's going to put that up tomorrow. So uh, take a listen. Uh, we get a little opinionated over here. I'm more questions over here, so uh, tell me if I sucked. Thank you very much. Now, on to our special guest, Bike Girl. Woo! Now, this is a person whose work we have seen in the street. I, as a person who writes words, find the work interesting. John, please introduce our guest. Our guest is known as Observer Obscura. And what I, I love, what I love about it is, I, I love finding them on the street. I feel like, to me, and I know you probably get that some people probably describe them as like it's it's almost like a fortune cookie in a way, right? Right. And like fortune cookies, I read them uh, with in bed at the end because <laughs> it just makes me laugh. So uh, some of them it works really well. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But anyways, I find them very they're very thought provoking. Usually, the words that are on there, or sometimes humorous, or sometimes just make you smile. And I think. You have a reaction when you see them, so it's always fun to happen upon them. That's great. I think that's the point. I really like cause and effect. I think the reaction is important. Well, welcome very oh, much. Hi. Welcome, welcome, Sorry. welcome. Uh, very nice to have you here. We just jump right into it. We, Sorry. There's, just, there's no just, format. Listen, we read a little I'm spiel not used at the to top introducing and, and then we wing it the whole way down. That's, it's just the way it goes. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to our home. Welcome to the team. Um, and what I like finding when I see her pieces in the street is I never just say, eh. You know, it's not a, it's, it makes you think, it makes you feel, it makes you, makes you relate, it makes you connect. And I, I, that's what I liked. So I, I was interested to, uh, to see you come in today. But why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the basics and give our listeners a little, uh, you know, who we are, where we're from type of thing. Okay. Uh, Well, thank you for inviting me, first of all. It's like, thank you. Um, But the basics. First, I'm really glad to hear from both you and John that it's thought-provoking and it makes you feel something. And um, I guess that it's effective. So so that was the point. Uh, I guess it started, it looks like a fortune cookie. I'm sorry, I was nervous here. It looks like a fortune cookie because I had actually started designing it for the subway system and the first incarnation of the work I would take out those really long ads just especially when they were plastered just like the same thing and just pull one out and slip what I had to say in because I think that's the most vulnerable place for your mind is the train station oh, I love on those the subway because you kind of like check out and I'm I'm from New York I was born and raised in New York so uh, before I had the courage to ride a bike at the late age of 27. <laughs> That's when I started <laughs> riding a bike. Um, and I was always on the train. So, you know, I just remember getting lost in thought, especially before smartphones and all that stuff, and just really questioning my existence. That really, uh, that moment just from uptown to downtown, especially when I lived in, in, in the South Bronx. So that was a long commute from Brooklyn. It's actually not the the West Bronx. Anyway, um, so I guess this came out of really a sense of isolation and a sense of a lack of communication and community for me uh, during a really stressful time in my life. And um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel really clumsy. Um, yeah, it's just such a weird gestation. It's actually like having a baby. So it started off in in lots of really weird incarnations, first in in chalk on the wall, Uh, then it became what was in the subway, and when I got busted in the subway, not for actually tagging, thankfully, but for crossing it between cars, and I used to leave at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock, and and by myself, it was really exhausting, and I have a day job, (laughs) so trying to do everything, I said, okay, there's something else I need to do. So then after that, 
Oh, I wish we could start over. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. You're um, fine. You're uh, doing great. Okay. You're way so, better than John already. This is true. That's this is true. Already. John is. He was so smooth. I was watching him. I was like, this dude is like butter. Okay. He's sweating like. All right. Uh, so Observer Obscura started right as as one thing does is to communicate with someone. I started it in a bar. And, right, because I have a hundred different legends of how it started, but it really was just started in a bar. I had a party. I folded all these notes, which I have samples for you guys in here. And Can't I put wait. them. I keep eyeballing them. And I, and I put them in these capsules, and I made these capsules as treats for a party. And the thoughts were just things that I couldn't say to people or observations about myself or observe you know feelings that i had for someone that i couldn't communicate with and what i discovered is that people really had a reaction to them and the reaction was really strong it was visceral and i thought my god i have something here and um after going into a little bit of a dark place i i applied for figment which is this fair that they have on Governor's Island so it's a free art thing I don't know if you guys have ever done it but it's interactive work and for some reason they chose me and um, I was still doing these little capsules but they said they're uh, no trace so leaving the capsules there would be bad and you had to sort of give it to the public so I wound up building a giant vending machine to disperse these, uh, these capsules so here it is in this beautiful grass thing. If you've ever been to Governor's Island, you see where the houses are. And here's this giant vending machine that I made. And I filled up with all these fortunes. But again, you know, being very self-conscious, I stuffed them with other things, like little magical trinkets. Uh, I guess one was like a glow-in-the-dark snake. The other one was a ring, a lucky coin for you to flip when you need to make hard decisions. And, uh, and then eventually the fortune. And so, you know, people were coming out and they were taking it. It was free. And, and they, I realized people wanted to talk to me. And I have, I'm, I'm kind of closed. I think being a New Yorker, you become jaded at eight years old. <laughs> you grow up here. <laughs> so, you know, it just winds up happening. And I've been so, so you know, getting out and uh, talking to people is really surprising to me, and I kind of didn't want to do that. But watching, having the ability to watch people react to it and photograph it, I go, oh, my God, I have something here. And also building the machine, for me, was the first time I had ever been happy without, just within myself. It was the real joy that I think that I had always been seeking outside of myself. Um... And I found that I could give that to myself without all the ways we try to fulfill ourselves, whether it's like with other people, relationships, alcohol, drugs. I found out that this is the feeling that I had always been pursuing. So I said, my God, I have to do this for a living. How do I do that? I I didn't go to art school. I studied photography for a little while, but I never finished college. So it's a you know, I have this one piece. I think it's really powerful. What am I going to do next? There's no, no one's going to take me seriously with one piece. So that's when I started writing it out in chalk, um, just trying to figure stuff out. Then I was like, you know, you just experiment. You, you just do your own art school. So I eventually came up with this typeface that I feel like at that time I did some research and not a lot of people were using that old typeface. And I chose it on purpose because I didn't want gender race to be included. I almost wanted it to be like an old-time memo. Like typewriter 101. Right. right. So I, didn't, I just wanted these statements to Simple. be out there. And I didn't want to sign them because I didn't want people to get caught up. It wasn't about me. But it was about relating on a level that I think we should all do normally as human beings, but we don't because of our own fears and insecurities or ego or hubris or all of that and everything and some more. So I thought if I leave these messages out there for people, maybe I could affect a small change, you know, and do make somebody laugh who's feeling like crap that day or make somebody look at themselves and be like, it's really not that serious. Or, you know, maybe if you're really sad and it's okay to be sad. So I, I started doing that, but it was very piecemeal. And 
again, like being your own teacher in a way, you have to uh, sort of create a syllabus for yourself. So after doing it piecemeal for three years, I just, you know, kicked my own ass and said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to put one piece out a day for a year. It was New Year's Day I did it. I said to myself, and, and that's what you're going to do. You're going to make a cohesive body of work and then turn it into a book. It has not happened. And turn it into a book. <laughs> 365s are hard. Yeah. 365s. But of anything yeah, are hard. Yeah, it was really hard. It was, 2000, it was 2015 I did it. And um, I did it. And I really, I really stress that anybody should just set a goal for themselves. And, and a year is just a beautiful capsule of time to do because you know the beginning and the end and and if you do something and you practice it every day it's just it just changes it shifts something in you did you do it i did i did for the whole year of 2015 and i taught myself that i have what it takes and i had discipline because sometimes it's hard to be your own mirror so yeah. So did you have them all, you didn't have no. them all made ahead of time. It was ongoing process. Ongoing. Yeah. I had like the, the core, like I picked out because of, obviously because of the project I did. That project was in 2012. So I started the one a day in 2015. And yeah, I had some core pieces. And when I started it out, I actually started in LA in the arts district. That's the first piece I I put up for that year. The first piece I ever put up in public was at Art Basel in 2012, but like just to, you know, on the side of some buildings, not like fancy. But anyway, um, going back to 2015, uh, yeah, I just started it. And from what I had and just out of the trunk of a car with some glue and some, you know, big brush, I just went to the arts district and I kind of, you know, did it. And then it just eventually became easier and then more exciting. And yeah, and then that was it. So do you think about um, location when you put up your pieces or? What I, I do like certain looks, but what I actually do is I know that I want to do something like the 365. Okay, I have to do something today and I'll bike around. Usually I'll bike around, uh, depends on where I am. And I'll wait till I feel like, I guess, a compelling moment. And just this wall, and I'm like, it has to go here. And I don't know what's going to come out before I do it. Like, they're all kind of uh, rolled up as scrolls. So if I do, you were asking me earlier how many I do at a time. Uh, During that project, I did probably 25 to 50 at a time. And then from that, I I was really sloppy. I edited down, so maybe I'd have a duplicate or something. And um, so 30 at a time. So you just roll them up all on the same day inside out you can't see it grab them from bag good to go so all right i want to go back to this discipline of 365 now bike girl think of something you did every day for the last year oh this year yeah no no bodily functions nothing like that (laughs) breathing eating stuff like that um still i've taken a photograph of something every single day now got it perfect that's you. That's me. But could you promise you'll do that every day for the next year? Um, pretty much, yeah. Mm. Because I've done it for the last 20, possibly. John, same answer. You can't take Audrey's. Well, I, I, I mean, I can't. <laughs> you know. But okay. Yeah, I don't know. But I think it is much harder if you actually say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and commit. Because then you're committed and it actually yeah. puts more oh, pressure yeah. on you. I mean, it's not versus... the same as a 365. Right. I've taken a photograph every single day. But when you do a 365, you're purposely thinking about something that conveys that day. Not just something you might have come up on during the day. Oh, I got one photograph because here's the one I'm going to put up. No. When you wake up in the morning, you're actually thinking of what that day means and how you're going to put that either in a photograph or a piece of art or something else because it has a different meaning than just actually doing something you do mm. wrote. I mean, I take a photograph every day, but that's just habit. Okay, yeah. so let me rephrase the question, Bike Girl. How would you turn your photo daily habit into a 365 that would make sense for you? Oh, gosh. Um in this city, I would do something like lines. 
Like I have to purposely nice. search for something that conveys line every day. That's nice. How about you, John? No, you know, I, I think I, along the same lines, sometimes I just oh, go out lines. with, <laughs> uh, you know, I might just. Uh, That's Audrey's thing. I said you can't steal her answer. No, I know. But, <laughs> but if I'm going with, with, um, with a camera and taking pictures, just talking about her mm-hmm. kind of idea, I might say, okay, I'm just going to be using a macro lens to take pictures of, you know, murals or whatever. So, so you have to change your focus. And so it could be something where you're just looking at details of something and then it becomes a larger body of work if you were to do that. Yeah. I can't think of anything aside from photography that I would do on a daily basis. So um, aside from posting to Instagram 10 times a day. So well, yeah. yeah, again, habits, <laughs> habits much, notwithstanding. Uh, I mean, if you go by week, then it's cotton and topping. Wait, what? In what? his life. If, it, if, he, if he only had to do something, if he was doing a 52-week project... Every week would be on a different continent. Oh, okay. continent. continent. I was like, continent. what did she say? I thought she I said cotton, cotton and, and something. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I was like, what is that expression? <laughs> oh, I, was, I, I mean, he I want can almost do right a 365. I'm going to start saying that. I mean, topic. He can almost do a 365 from a different city every day. Mm. You're silly. All right. Back to our guest. <laughs> yes, back to <laughs> back our guest. <laughs> so let's talk about the name, yeah. please. Where okay. did that come from? Um, yeah, it was like, again, it was born out of that one project that I did for Figment. And I think it was very popular at the time. And also, like, I think you can tell the difference in my voice. So now, like, in the very beginning, I'm very shy. I did not want anything associated with who I was. I really just wanted to be uh, anonymous. And I think that just is fear. That was just fear of judgment. But observers, because... I, like you guys, the funny thing is, like, I've also photographed street art for a lot of my life. Uh, I started with film, just being around New York, and it's a huge inspiration for my work. Um, so just, it's not so much the murals and the signs, but it's little notes that people leave mm. all over the city. And they've just been always inspirational to me. So I feel they're really I observe these things that are unusual and the obscure is the part is two pieces one I studied and um, I've been a photographer for years it's a hobbyist never as a um, career but um, so it harkens back to camera obscura but also observing the obscure you know and I just love the balance of it I love the way it fell off the tongue and how you could design it with the two O's so now let's let's talk about other people or other times and the history of writing words on walls. Yes, I came, I saw, it was amazing. 50 BC. <laughs> no, seriously, that's, a, that's actually a piece of graffiti from ancient Greece. But they wrote it in Greek. Yeah. Now, I, I like to, let's, let's go even further back. Just words on walls. I'm not talking about You want to go further back than 50 BC? I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. Well, shoot. They nice. just unearthed. Uh, no, it's not further back. I thought back. that was pretty I'm good. Go- <laughs> I'm not going all the way back to cave paintings because that was a there little are. more figurative. But, <laughs> but uh, Egyptian, hieroglyphs, those are words. I know yes. they're pictures, but that was language. Yeah. No two ways about that. So that was words on walls. And there are a few Many for a good time calls. Yeah, somebody was here. Yeah. They just unearthed a whole new section of Pompeii with more graffiti and yeah. a lot of it's political but they have actually found things around the bathhouses that were literally their equivalent of for a good time call that's amazing i was I in love pompeii it. uh last year two years ago it was just wow crazy how little we've changed as humans there's the takeout place there's a beware of dog on the floor you know what I found? <laughs> you know what i found amazing about pompeii the bedrooms are exactly the same size as modern bedrooms it's like yeah. there were no you you see these things oh these kings had huge change no they didn't everybody had a bedroom you had whatever you wanted outside of it but bedrooms were bedrooms it's yeah interesting because that was a small town and small people yeah people of yeah. pompeii were like five feet tall and it was a <laughs> summer place most people didn't live there year-round a lot of people came and vacation yeah out of it Naples. was a resort town i'm impressed you guys know so much about pompeii oh. <laughs> it's fascinating it really is though <laughs> it's the you know if you know graffiti you have to go that far back and further yeah john Sorry. yeah yeah you this yeah. is news to me thank you, you, you for sharing topping <laughs> you better exactly. get over there <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's talk about 
uh, no one of our era, but people, you know, uh, Bike Girl, give me, give me some of the, 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 the earlier graffiti guys that weren't just about the tags, that they were about the message and not about pictures. Well, Word I people. mean, that, I mean, in the beginning, you would have to say people like Basquiat. Yeah. You know, he put words on the street. Um, not so much then, but now Zimad actually puts his little words of wisdom and he'll put them here and there. He doesn't do a lot of them, but every time he does, they're so special. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been, you know, thinking and going that way, which I think is great. I don't know. Yeah, I'll he's, to check him out. Yeah. Um, what? Original CBS? Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. CBS. CBS crew from the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. Z-I-M-A-D yeah. is his name. Yeah. Sub Zim. Uh, I'm going to go modern. I love Wordsmith. I love his messages. There's a little bit of picture in there, but, you know, he's a, he's a wordy guy. A little wordier than Observer. Uh, he's more sentences. He's but, block. Yeah. Like a block of words. Is this the one with the typewriter? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Stencil mostly. Or all stencil. stencil yeah. No, stencil, wheat paste. Always mm-hmm. the stencil, the typewriter, and then the wheat paste words. All right. That was a fun little trip around words on walls. Now let's talk about future artists, John. Do you know our guest's connection to future artists? No. Mm, oh I don't. <laughs> our, our connection to... Oh, because you work with artists that are coming up? Yes. Yeah. I, did, okay. I, I actually had a... I didn't know this. This is. I told you I'm going in with a blank slate. <laughs> I don't want to judge anything. No. Um, You're I, familiar with Amy Young and our... Yes, and I am. Graph 101. Yes, I am. Observer was one of the artists that uh, the kids covered. Perfect. And would you love to tell us about how awesome that was? Because I'm sure it was. Uh, yeah, that was uh, really amazing. I I got an email and uh, was contact from Amy Young. And I, I know that I had had a piece that had been referenced in the city graffiti class a couple of uh, seasons before it was a piece that was on the wall of Bushwick right near the Jefferson stop station and I guess it had a really it was high profile for me so it had a really big impact on a lot of people and it was just the right place the right time like I said I don't know what I was going to put up there but Amy came out and she she sent me an email and she reached out to me um, because before that one of her students reached out to me to help uh, to do an interview with me for their, I guess, their term paper. So right after that, she reached out to me, I guess, next semester. And she asked me to meet with the kids uh, of C- CCNY, which I was really excited about because most people from CCNY are actually from New York. So I love connecting with uh, other New Yorkers, which happens less and less frequency, frequently every day. And uh, the kids came out and they were just really amazing I I was definitely nervous I didn't know what I was going to do but just their openness and their excitement and their curiosity was really um, invigorating and really inspiring for me and uh, it was great no I didn't I don't know if any of the kids actually do future work but they were all interested in very um, specific topics and a lot of political things and the girls were definitely moving towards more feminist ideas and it was really nice to be able to it was an opportunity for me to be able to connect with um, you know kids coming up in in the city and guess hoping I guess I guess I connected with them that's what Amy said Um, but but changing minds or just Giving them Talking inspiration. To them. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's shocking for me because it's just like, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. So just to see yourself reflected back to yourself, and I, I had written that, is it's eye-opening. And just they were so great. And uh, I was glad they had a good time and they came by. And they definitely kicked my butt into starting my mural because I was going to be very lazy about it. No, probably not. I'm not really lazy. But <laughs> sometimes you have to get a... A push to get started when you don't have a deadline or a start date so would you do that again would you work with uh ccmy oh yeah i would totally work with them again that was it was yeah like i said it was great because 
the most exciting part was writing the first time for the girl because you look at yourself and then you have to really look at your own judgments you answer those questions right away and you kind of confront yourself and your ego and you're like oh no don't put that in there and and just it, it pushes you in a way to grow and look at yourself more when you're connecting with people and especially kids that are curious and want to know why you're doing what you're doing and um you know, for me, my message to them was just like, just keep going for it. Don't always expect people to support you. But if it's something that makes you happy, you just have to persevere through and the rest will follow. I mean, that's just the same old story, but it's true. Some of the kids listen to the podcast uh, okay. and they wrote about it. And, <laughs> and they, <clears throat> when they wrote their stories, they said on those podcasts, uh, this, this artist said so and so. So if yeah. you want to if you want to give them a quote, go. <laughs> what? There you go, guys. <laughs> Should she cotton and topping is my <laughs> new quote. No, uh, no, I, 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 you know, in in the fear of always sounding repetitive, it's just like, you know, just just keep moving forward. If what you do at first isn't a success or doesn't take you where you want to be, just don't give up. You know, you just got to keep going for it. And I think that's the lesson I've learned from myself doing this project not having any kind of formal training in art or school or uh, other people to lean on in the street art community but i wanted to do it and you just you keep your drive going you know and sometimes you know you feel like oh i don't have this or that you you just you have to work through it and make it work all right but let's talk about what terrible no, it's great. But let's talk about what you're working towards. Now, if you could snap your fingers and be where you are doing what you're doing next year. Okay. Is that okay? Um, do you mean be where I am in in a what success in a successful or in my in the way that you'd like to get your art either on the street or out to the world? No, I mean my what I would like to do. I think my goal is to be able to sustain myself as a human being through doing my artwork. So right now I juggle. I have a bunch of different jobs, and I'm good at them. But I guess they don't make me happy. I, I've I've taken stuff outside of just the wheat pasting. So now I've done this mural, but I've also done 3D work. That's a light box and things like that. And I think I'm slowly gearing myself up towards being able to propose for a show, you know, and, and I'd like to just be, I don't, I just like to be able to sustain myself and build things and move the work forward and develop as an artist and just. And be in control of your life. Yeah. Be in control of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How's that? (laughs) So, uh. How would you feel uh, that that series, not the 3D stuff or the stuff that maybe uh, your your fans aren't so so the familiar words, with the 365 stuff? How would I feel? How's it been received? How has it been received? Um, I think mostly positively. I don't have anybody sending me anything that's like shady uh, or angry. I mean, it's hard because I don't sign things. I think to find me online. Or to find out who I am, you have to do some digging. And I think that's on purpose. I think I really want people who are curious. So that's made the struggle harder, I guess, to to sort of integrate and become uh, more successful. Because I think it's important to be part of a community to do that. I'm learning at this late age. And um, at some point, if you want to sell your work, people have to know where to find you. Exactly. I mean, that's the reality. No, I know. But, you know, you get conflicted with your own ideals. I so think you want money, here. but you don't want people to find you. No, that's Got what it. I'm saying. All right. <laughs> Good. Good. This is the, oh, so smart. <laughs> you just, at some point, you have to figure out the line. At and, some point. And, and I how think, you can walk it and well, what I really mean, means at, for you to cross. I mean, look at me here, right? So I'm here now. I'm doing this, right? So I am facing that as an adult and I am saying okay this is what I want this is what I want to do don't be afraid of success don't be afraid of what that looks like and I think that you know we all can stand in our own way sometimes so now I'm trying to develop so trying to grow up since you're so used to at doing everything on your own right um what about the idea of collaboration I've collaborated I've actually collaborated with uh Royster he's always asked me to do it my first and my actually I think the first piece I ever sold was a collaboration I did with him. 
and he had a solo show two years ago. He's great. Um, we're friends. He's always been really supportive and, and a lot of fun. And uh, we did another one, which was a skateboard, which he still has. The first piece sold, um, but then the skateboard he still has. So it was a connection with the skateboard, or was it just... I mean, in terms of no. how does your work uh, complement the, the skateboard? His Oh, he painted on the skateboard, oh. and then I put the words that went next to it. Oh, okay. That was the collaboration. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. John, with all this personal growth going on at the table, uh, oh you got anything going on? No, I've got nothing. Nothing, no. right? You just just I'm just, just coasting grow. through doing the same stuff you did yesterday. Yes, I'm just trying to, you know, salary stick. I'm gonna grow. keep afloat here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm doing. So who do you think Bike Girl would be a good collaboration, collaboration? with? Uh, oh, this is where we plan your future. Mean, this is, is a part in every. I need somebody to uh, do well, it. rather yeah. than me suggesting, one of the questions we always ask is if you had a dream collaboration. Oh. Um, and we usually give you a couple choices, living and dead, because okay. you know there's there's always <gasps> that that influenced right. you, and always that that I you want to work with. Okay. All right. So, so okay, I have two. Right. So I have a fine art one, and I have, I guess, the street art. I would love first Espo, Steve Espo. I love him. Mm-hmm. I kind of know him. Like, I see him around all the time. His studio is kind of near my house. Uh, but his work was so inspirational to me for such a long time because of the romantic nature of it, because of the uh, the text and the font, and just it was so great. And and Jenny Holzer, which I could never really collaborate with, but I just want to meet her. Like <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I had I actually had mentioned this to the kids at the CCNY class. I, I talked about a lot to them a lot about more fine artists. Um, as well as street artists. Um, because the lines sometimes get blurred with certain people. I mean, you know, you could call Jenny Holzer's installations almost in the modern times when she did the 42nd Street takeover. Does anybody know what that is? She, when 42nd Street was closing down before it became Disneyland, it was just barren because they got rid of all the porn stores. Right. So you had all these theaters. So what she did is she had a grant and she put all these this text and this writing on the marquees and they were so thought-provoking and and emotional and political and you know feminist and that but you know that was fine art but in in such an easy way that could be flipped and just be street art at the same time and that's so talking about that have you ever considered applying to the people that put the art up at times square once a month at midnight no, I didn't even know that exists. Yeah, I they do the marquee, all the light up. Um, Ostermales has done it. Yeah, Bo um, Stanton has done it. Bo Stanton, several other people, and it actually gets flashed across like twenty different buildings at midnight. Wow, that's mm-hmm. obscene. Yeah, I, I have to dig. See, Is yeah. it for like one minute out. or something, or uh, was it? Yeah, it, I it's like a little digging. vignette that goes for like a minute at midnight, but they do it every night for like the entire month. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's because that's you know a way to because since you're so textual. That's like I'm contextual. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, if because of the way your art is, it it's the idea of doing it in those moments of time in spaces like that has got to be appealing to you to get them in places that you wouldn't traditionally think about oh, it being in. Absolutely. I mean, I, I totally. I think that would be amazing. And I, like I said, I'm trying to stretch myself more and more and take myself out of just this weed pacing thing. That's why I just painted a wall. So it's just like. And and I just you wanted to just develop I think as a as an artist you don't so want, that's where, why when you were talking about Abe Lincoln I'm sorry mm-hmm. doing something totally different mm-hmm. and like that, I mean that's great that's like development you know can't keep the same style the yeah whole but life. now I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that just because there's a there's a there's a business term it's called diversification when you spread yourself a little too thin and go outside of your main objective right outside of your brand like or that, out of yeah you yeah. you usually fail. Well, so it, it it has to be targeted. It has to be specific. It has to be close see, enough. But in an artist's mind, those things may not even play right. Right. See, I mean, and I think that you can say that, but there's artists through time that have. I mean, maybe they weren't as successful as say a Picasso, but you know they changed their style. Like almost, if you stick in one thing, you're not an artist. Now you are. 
I'm not suggesting you do it. No, but I'm you just... have to diversify before you diversify. Diversify. You, you is that really a real name? Diversification. I mean, is that it's, a real it's, word? It's, it's, it's a business it's a, term. It's a big Ronnieism for sure. <laughs> That's a Bay Ridge. That's a Bay Ridge. It's not a real word. So yeah, that, that's all okay. I'm saying. It's like yes, growth growth is wonderful, but we we need to you know you got to well, be targeted. I think, no, yeah. I mean, it, I think again, if it's you, something as you, you get conflicted with in your the heart. idea that you were very thoughtful in choosing the font that you use, um, things like that. You've already been branding yourself <laughs> since the beginning, even though you you would I'm sure you're running screaming when someone says brand, but the reality is is if you were to take that font and put it on a marquee on a digital sign somewhere, those of us on the street, would we'd get the connection. We'd see it. We would know it was the same person just by the way it's done. But when you, you could confuse me with the wordsmith. He uses the same thing. No. But he doesn't because his font no, is different. And he's that's, that's, he has a style yeah. that's uniquely his. That you know, Yours are in one long strip. Right. I know it's, I'm, I'm talking also about the visual. Okay. Because it's obviously not just about the words. It's about how you present the words. Right. Right, you're the scale, they're them, large right, rectangles. You're presenting and, yours yeah. as if they are a fortune cookie or, or a one long sentence. Right. Whereas Wordsmith presents his as a paragraph on a sheet, a sheet of, of typewriter paper. Right. So just by the way you do the words, you've already branded yourself. And you're the only one I know of on the street that does them the way you do. So is there any, um, of the ones that you've done, yeah. is there any phrase or particular piece that you that resonates with you regularly where you think oh that was a really good one or it or you've gotten feedback wow that one was a really positive one for me or um you know it's really really funny I, i really did mean a lot of people don't engage in conversation with me on the digital platform and maybe that's partly me but i i can tell from likes and not likes but uh what happens is Every once in a while, you'll strike a nerve with the public, which is not necessary with the public that you don't know, not your internet public, right? So not your virtual public, but like literal people. And I've gone back to pieces that have just had notes constantly scribbled on them. And I I actually document that as well. And I call that part of that uh, of this art called social discourse, Mm. which I think is hilarious. And one that just happened was um, people love a sociopath. And that for me was a very political piece and also a very personal piece because I think it talked about what we're going on now as a country with Mm -hmm. our president, (laughs) but I also think it's what happens sometimes when we get involved with uh, people, either friendships or relationships because sociopaths are so charming and so seductive for a moment until you get to know what that space is that they're filling or that hole that they're poking, you know, you, you kind of love them. You fall in love with them. So that, that's why I put that up. But however people take it is very different. So this piece, which is actually close to my house, so I've gotten to watch the, the reaction to it. Um, the first reaction was somebody saying ableist, slurs right on sociopaths so they crossed it out um the next time i went to see it someone said apparently not everyone does (laughs) 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 so now you know time goes on now that's all been scratched out and sociopath has slowly been scratched out and ripped apart so that really affected someone who has to be in contact with that every day. And I don't know what it is that struck them, but it's, I, that's an amazing gift for me to know that I can have that kind of reaction. And I hope that it's a positive one for the person. Even if they're angry, maybe they're not taking it out on someone else, but maybe they're looking at themselves. Or maybe I'm looking at myself. I don't know. Yeah, if they responded <laughs> in some way, it yeah. means that it yeah, touched I mean, them in some way. You're right. right. So. You, you, art is supposed to challenge and make you have a reaction. It, in hate is just as viable reaction it, as it, love. It, it, yeah. When you're, especially when you're putting messages on the street. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the last John, one. tell us how indifference feels. Because <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> just make the sounds. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's the sound of indifference. No, no, it's just my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so before we let you go, oh. uh, 
please give our listeners and your new fans uh, <laughs> new fan. uh, you know where they can find you online what the hashtags are things like that and uh, if there's anything that, uh, that you'd like to talk about coming up okay um, so if you're interested in more of the work I mean it's slow going it's slow coming but uh, you can look up the history and just the genesis of it all which in a more cohesive way than I was speaking about at observerobscura.com uh, you can shoot me an email on there my email's address is there and uh, what was the other thing you want me to say any other social media platforms any other social actually just my website and just Instagram it's it's just been a lot I I don't know. That's enough to keep up with right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, if you give new content on a frequent basis on either one of those, and you're doing better than 90% of the artists out there. (laughs) Yeah. So the website gets less, but Instagram, I I post on less and less, and that's that's mostly because Instagram can become a dark hole for some of us. <laughs> it became a dark hole for me at a point that I had to pull back. So, John, describe your dark hole. <laughs> the dark hole. That, you mean the, the just dark the, hole? My, my every three hour post. Yeah, that, yeah, that's actually something I have to keep in check. It's just that I have so many pictures <laughs> out there, and I'm like, how do I get do these I, out to everyone to see? And so, you know, I that's just want them to pathology. S- no, I just. It's really just. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to all the artists whose work I've I've taken pictures of, and then they That's say, "Well, why didn't you narcissism. post my picture?" No, but I mean, it's like you know, it it makes it makes them feel like because I posted this picture, not theirs, even though they know that I went and took a picture because I was taking work in progress shots of their work and I didn't post it yet. Then they say, "Well, how come you didn't post it yet?" Well, I I'm going to. I just have this, and I can't post it all at once, or else people are going to say, "What are you doing?" So, anyways, John's at Instagram <laughs> hell level seven. Well, especially wow. Instagram exactly. hell level six is when he girls could, are just pushing their cleavage he could, every he shot. He so could he's, already, easily, he's already way worse than he that. He could easily keep an infant alive by the, by his Instagram <laughs> posts. Oh, I have no wow. problem with um, the frequency of my posts. Apparently, other people do though. So, do you <laughs> still do you still get notification what? for every like on every photo on your? Phone? No, I don't. Oh. That was that was like when I ha- when I had like ten followers. So now I have a few more, and, and I think it's. Uh, I don't need that anymore. You you corrected me appropriately. See the dark hole of in- this is what no. we're talking about. <laughs> no, but it's true. But he feels like you artists like you were mad likes. at him for not putting pictures up that you don't even know he took. There are a few who have there actually. There are people who, that actually do get and mad. actually yeah, reached we, out to me and said, "Hey, <laughs> hey, are you ever going to post that picture you took?" <laughs> you can't you you can't say that he's got that. I have to say, I'm going to say on behalf of an artist in this full disclosure. We can be real egotistical assholes, and unless you can check yourself, man, <laughs> like thank you, and that, you know. So she's talking about you. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about, about an artist, not talking about photographer. I mean, it's a, it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle. I know we. I say looking within. That's because it's a battle, man. Right. <laughs> the battle is real, Ronnie. Right, let's real. get back to education. Okay, let's go back to that. All let's right. educate our children. Now, you said you're from New York, but you didn't get specific about the borough. Okay, I am from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, born Brooklyn and raised. In the house. What We're neighborhood? Brooklyn Heights. Okay. <laughs> Brooklyn right. Heights. All right. But downtown Brooklyn, Brooklyn Heights. I, I live back there now. Um, I was in Dumbo before it was Dumbo. Oh, and it, it used, used to be, to be so, so nice. Different. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Now I can have no, no respite, no place to run. But <laughs> All right. Fav- favorite food spots. Favorite food spots. Yeah, throw a couple out for our my listeners. House. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. My house. Uh, let, who do I love? I guess. You had to go to dinner anywhere on the way home. If I had going? to go to dinner on any way home, I would stop somewhere from here to, to Chinatown. I love my little Chinatown spots. My stomach doesn't love it, but, you know, roast meats. <laughs> that's me. Also. So Wohop? what's your best dump? What's no, the Wohop's best? terrible. What's your best dumpling place? My best dumpling place. I don't think I have one. It's so bad. I really like roast meats and and noodles and uh, I mean Joe Shanghai. Joe is Shanghai. Good. That's yeah, what I was that's say. what I was gonna yeah, say. I Joe mean, Shanghai is the no dumpling joke. spot. I I went to Wohop the other day. I wasn't crazy about it. I'd rather get a hole in the wall Chinatown place than go to Wohop. It's just so so, and especially like I said, it's dumplings or roast meat. You have a specialty when it comes to Chinatown. Uh, in my humble opinion, I'm wow. not Chinese, obviously. Uh, but when a really good Chinese restaurant, the waiter has to understand you, but act like they don't. 
Oh my god, they have to throw you so much shade. Oh yeah, they ha- whatever you order, it has <laughs> to be like side eye. Yeah. Always, always. But they but they write down everything you say and yeah. then just walk away with this, no acknowledgement or discussion any further. Yeah, That's they it? closed okay. my favorite place. It was on Bayard. It was not sixty nine Bayard. It was across the street. You'd get two kinds of meat on a bed of rice with a with an egg for six bucks, and they were always like, "You alone? Line okay. at the door? Okay, sit down." <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. Now there's a good dim sum spot on 18th <gasps> avenue okay dim sum and like 50th 50th and 18th or 49th and 18th right over here yeah you got to try it if you're a chinese head okay if you love chinese food that's you got to try that okay. spot because uh i was taken there See, and that's why i like dim sum because all i have to do then is just point and I don't never it. go dim sum if they don't have the wagon if you, exactly. they call it dim sum and they don't have the steam cart walking around oh, that's and again it. someone I just want to point and that way it. I get surprised every time I take a bite <laughs> and the person pushing the, the cart has to look like they pushed it about 50 miles on the way to the restaurant and <laughs> meanwhile it just came yeah. out of the back you're not and, sure and if they the don't, steam the sweat is from the steam the or from pushing the cart <laughs> and they don't answer questions you just point yeah so the listeners we learned today good. that Observer Obscura likes good Chinese food <laughs> so much so from much Brooklyn learning. So much learning. She did a three sixty five and fifteen. Kids, are you listening? <laughs> That's the first minutes. time. That's the first time somebody said they did a three sixty five on the podcast. I think it is. Yeah. We, now um, we have to ask that to shame future guests. Of yeah, course, no. exactly. Actually, that's a good one because I don't know if that's a super common thing. I'm betting it's not. No, I think some some may have started them, but probably only gotten about thirty days. So I mean, Erica did a thirty day challenge in yoga. I thought that was kind of beast. Yeah. But three sixty five. Erica. Yeah, good job. 365 is uh all right anything else for our guest john no i think that was it i was oh. i was happy to learn so much about observer obscura and uh i'm looking forward to seeing everything that's coming from it, now on. is she less work. obscure oh uh, here oh yeah i can i you know what i did say you said do i have anything coming yes, up please. i'm sorry i did my first mural on south second and driggs so that's what anybody's i was, gonna, oh yeah, I was interested in seeing it of it course. is there now it's, it's, south, just to talk about it but we're gonna hunt it down i think you mentioned uh i don't know if it was in a post or what it was but that um but it's i don't think i saw it actually but that you um it's not just words. It's more. Than well, it's design. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I wasn't just words. And it was a, com- it was a design. Because I think, even though, I'm, what, what is it? I'm de-worsting? I'm de-worsting. Diversifying. diversifying. Di- I'm diversifying. <laughs> no, you're diversifying if it goes well. Uh, that's, yes. That's the difference. Well, well, I mean, it's I the public's judgment, I guess. You guys let me know. Yes or no. So, it's, <laughs> I'm diversifying. Um yeah, I wanted to step out of the comfort zone. You always got to push yourself as a person. And I've always drawn and never had the, you know, the space to put it up. So, man, there you go. I'll but there's definitely words involved. Sorry. Nice. I'll check it tomorrow, but please don't be upset if I don't post my picture right tomorrow. No, that's right. I'll just talk about <laughs> you on other blogs. Perfect. I, I believe it. <laughs> All right. We are sold out with Observer Obscura. Bye.